Welcome to episode 17 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 17 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Ox. How are you going, mate? Very good. I've just had my first Italian lesson, so I might have to introduce the uh, episode numbers in Italian from now okay, on. Okay, what's 17? I don't know yet. <laughs> I only had one lesson. <laughs> Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Well, in this week's show, we've got um, up and coming news. I can hardly read this, but we've got... Here you go. Yeah, mine, mine printed didn't go too well. Um, we've got the news of the week. We've got age grouper of the week. We've actually got a couple age groupers of the week. We've got a couple websites of the week. Lots of people are sending us lots of emails, which is great. And we've gotten inundated with lots of websites of the week. So we're going to um, give out a couple this week. Coach's Corner this week, mate? Uh, we're going to just answer one of the questions, which is really on trying to make the most use of your time if you've got a very long, long hours at work uh, or a fairly limited time due to family reasons so we're just going to talk about that a bit and a few tips now we're not going to have the one two three four high five this week we may do the intro just so you don't miss out on it but <laughs> um we've got a it's really awesome we've got um olaf from what's his last name uh we'll, we'll ask him later on okay <laughs> shaboostus or something like that shaboostus. we're going to get the correct pronunciation so we don't who is a bit of a legendary iron man in his own right but is also pretty much the head of the triathlon professionals organization who's been making pretty quick, big inroads in a really short period of time so we've got an interview which is going to be in the second half of the show and uh, john and i are pretty much going to get everything done before that um so we're looking forward to that eh? sounds good yeah sounds good we've also got lots and lots of questions and answers to go through so we're going to kick straight into it so last weekend we had a couple of big races happening we had ironman germany Sensational, Cameron Brown. Cameron Brown. That brings it? home the bacon. Cameron Brown brings home so the bacon. So Cameron's never won a race outside of New Zealand, uh, Ironman New Zealand. He's won that a number of times. Obviously, he's perform- performed really well in Hawaii over the last sort of uh, five years or so. There has been a reason for that, but is not there? Yeah, I mean... Um, he chooses the hard he, events. He chooses hard events. And, and uh, we all know that, that Germany has probably got the biggest depth of, of talent and uh, obviously plenty of champions. You know, people like Norman Sadler, Lothar Leder. Um, loads more coming out of Germany and yep. so very very Faris strong Al-Sultan. field Faris Al-Sultan so um, some good athletes Brownie just caned them all which was fantastic um, for those of you who haven't read anything about it it was a bit of a miserable day by the sounds of it on the bike quite a few bike crashes uh, mm. Norman Stadler crashed twice, twice apparently yeah. Cameron crashed um, but he still brought home the bacon so mm. well, it must have been a really good race basically he came in on the 38k mark to take the lead so it was pretty close to the end where he actually got the lead mm. he managed to put three minutes on that guy or four minutes on the guy uh, who came in at second who was Timo Timo Brankt Brankt so uh, it sounds like he, yeah, he cracked a little bit once Brownie dropped him it sounded like he did stay with Brownie for quite some time um, but I, I always sort of said that if Cameron could come off the bike within a single-digit deficit of uh, Norman Sadler I, th- I thought he'd take the race and he, yep. he managed to do that Granted, Stadler did um, blow up on the run. That may well have been because of uh, his bike crashes. But, uh, you know, fantastic race by Cameron. Um, solid swim. It was a non-wetsuit swim. I think the water was about 26 degrees, apparently. So uh, so that obviously helped out some of the swimmers, but meant the overall swim times were a little bit slower than normal. Most mm. of the guys were all sort of doing 50 minutes flat. So why was it a non um, Just too hot. There's, really? a, there's a cut-off temperature, uh, and I'm not quite sure of that temperature. I think it's about 23. Yep. And if it goes above that, you're simply not allowed to have a wetsuit. Okay. So 
So he had that taken off him. Um, so a little bit slow there, but you know, solid bike times. Most of the guys are riding 4:30, uh, around about 4:30. Obviously, Sadler put the put the hammer down 4:22. So it's a very very quick average speed. Unfortunately, Ironman live site didn't really have many run splits, but we think um, Cameron probably ran about about 2:50 yeah. and came in at 8:13. So you know. Losing a few minutes in the swim because of non-wetsuits, so 8:13 is pretty quick time. Yeah, um, probably a little bit of a shame that that they did have wet, didn't have wetsuits because I think um, it would have been nice for Cameron to sort of maybe dip under 8:10, yeah. um, which he may well have done if it had been non-wetsuit and if the conditions had been a little bit better on the bike. So yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of the, a lot of the real big guns did, did didn't do so well. Um, Stadler came in 11th. Uh, Stefan Vukovic, who who had a fantastic race in Hawaii last year, came yeah. in 12th. No, that's out of the pros. I think a few age groupers must have beaten them. Oh, okay. Because 11, 12. And uh, also some of the other big names. Lothar Leader <laughs> only managed uh, 16th. So those were probably the three guys that I would would have been picking to be uh, really giving Brownie a, a good run for his money. Um, so well done to Cameron. It's kind of good for Cameron because. It's arguably Cameron's been probably one of the most consistent Ironmen in the world over the last five, six years. Just hasn't really won those events. He's always on the podium, isn't he? Yeah. Other than that one Hawaii that he didn't really go that well at. Yeah. Um, he's always there. And so yeah. for him to actually get that race under his belt, hopefully it kind of, for us, us Kiwis out there, yeah. hopefully it means a big year for Hawaii this year. I think he might do it Hawaii this year. I, I really do. I think if he, as long as he can, like I said, be single digits off the bike yep. to those guys, um, he, he's, you know, on par with the best runners in the sport. So... And he knows how to race in that heat, which, yeah. which a lot of guys don't. So, come on, Brownie. Oh, Brownie. <laughs> We're so excited for Brownie. <laughs> and um, on, on the girls' side of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Yep. Uh, Andrea Brady, uh, I think that, that was her first ever Ironman win. So, 9.16, that's a pretty uh, pretty tidy time. Nina Eger was second, and Elizabeth Christensen from, uh, I think she's from Denmark, was third. So Nice close racing for second and third with only about 20 Ooh, seconds yeah. between them. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Um but really, the, both races were really dominated by the Germans. I think uh, when we were looking through the results, Cameron was the only non-German in the whole men's pro field. And uh, there's plenty of those, those females are Germans as well. So while it was called the European Champs, I think that was uh, just a, a, nice, a, bit a nice little title. <laughs> um, but with so many other races on that, you know, it was really for the Germans. We also had, um, just bring this up right now, Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Now that was a good race. Um, very, very strong men's field. Uh, it sounded like they had pretty similar conditions to, to Germany, you know, um, a reasonable amount of rain on the bike. Uh, but that didn't really seem to slow Tom Evans down. He uh, ripped the bike, quick swim, 45-28 for the swim, mm. 447, which it, you know, obviously isn't a quick bike time, but very, very challenging course there. Uh, and I think he had around about a 10-minute lead off the bike, um, and he held that for, for the large majority of the run. Well, only and, three guys went sub five, so yeah. yeah, it's obviously a pretty tough bike. Yeah, but uh, Victor Semensev, uh, fantastic run, two forty eight. It's a, it's a tough course and a tough run course as well as a tough bike course. Mm. So he's uh, won a number of races now. But as you can see there on the screen, Bevan, it's like less than a minute between first and second. Yeah. So fantastic. And uh, Rudka Becky, which I, th I think he was my pick to win. Didn't quite bring home the bacon. 8.46 uh, for third place. And uh, third, we had uh, Andrev Yestrebov, which is uh, fourth, fourth yeah. which is uh, Zemensev's training training mate. Uh, so it was a good performance. Our Kiwi fellas. Um, Rhodes, came at sixth. Yeah, that's, that's an okay result. Probably it was interesting because Rhodes was talking himself up before the race. He was actually... Uh, he was talking about because uh, uh, Rhodesy and Cameron Brown trained in France together for a couple of weeks, and oh, right. apparently he's been quite cocky before the race, kind of talking himself up. Uh, good old Rhodesy. So, <laughs> you, you can hear him before you see him. 
Um, so I think he'd be a little bit disappointed with that. And also our other Kiwi fellow, Chris McDonald, I think he'll be a little bit disappointed yeah, with um, top five. His, his race there. Um, but, you know, fantastic top 10 field there. Luke McKenzie yeah. in 10th. Um, Petra Rabusik, he's always there or thereabouts. A really good run, 9.03. But, you know, only uh, the top five went under under nine hours. So mm. it slowed out the office. Um, and as we mentioned, no no sort of pro, well, a very limited pro women's field because uh, they had this sort of quarter lane race, which was where the women's field was stacked. Yeah, so, the, so Molly Zahr. Molly Zahr. Basically came in at 10-11, which is, you know, not that really that high class for females, is it? Yeah, so... Um, still well done. You know? Well done. And uh, she took took the win. Did so, they give, yeah, they give the females good. money in that race? No, it's just um, pro men pro men money. Um, and so the men, in theory, get more? In theory, yep. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure... I haven't actually checked out the prize money, but I, I'm pretty sure it is... Uh, it is more. It's uh, interesting. Um, and then we also had on the seventy point three side of things, had Lake Stevens. So um, didn't look like there was a really a stacked profile yeah, there. Luke, right. Luke Bell uh, took the win. Yeah. And uh, but I just thought we'd like to mention Mike Montgomery, who got fourth place. He was one of he was the yellow jersey winner from Epic Camp, and uh, so pretty impressive for him to to, to um, back up two weeks after Epic Camp and and uh, and take fourth place there. And racing as an age group, he also won his age group. Yeah. So. He's uh, thirty five to thirty nine. Yep. Um, so. And also a really good performance by one of our other Epic campers, Ed McDevitt uh, at Lake Placid, got second in the 30-35 age group. So again, that's pretty. I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, two weeks after Epic Camp to, to back up with an Ironman and, and a really strong race. Mm, mm, that's work. Well done. Um, also got the uh, the longest day. Oh, yep, okay, I've got to find that. Oh, I've got the pressure on Bevan. Oh, he didn't oh. have all his websites ready. Oh. But the longest day was, uh, we, we talked about last week, it was. It's an Olympic distance, not Olympic distance. It's a uh, Ironman distance. Ironman distance race in the UK. Very, very tough course. Um, and we did mention that there was the risk that it wasn't going to go ahead um, due to just a lack of numbers. So it was fantastic to see it, uh, it going ahead. And, he's just, uh, he's winging just, I'm, I'm just stalling here we go, here we time. Go. Here we go. So um, number one was Paul Mountford. Now he finished uh, second there. There's plenty of relays up there. So yeah. Stephen Lord from Tri London won it. So not a particularly quick course, but uh, he did 9.15. Pretty impressive run there, 3.11 off the bike. Uh, very, very slow swims. Hardly anybody went under an hour. So so it must have been a hard course. Must be a hard swim. Oh, no, wait a, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Peter Cobb. Peter Cobb must be a next, <laughs> next summer. Minutes. Smoked everybody. <laughs> no one goes under and old Peter Cobb does a 50-minute, <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he should have been age group of the week, although uh, that, was a, that was a team. There's plenty of teams in uh, there. Okay, true. So we had Stephen Lord winning it. Paul Mountford, who I know has won it a couple of times, is a good little athlete, was uh, in second place. And third place, Grant Butler, who's actually a veteran from Somerset Racing Club Triathlon. <laughs> uh, that's 9.43. And on the female side of things, we've got, I think, Clear Page took it out. Looks like it. It's a pretty good name, isn't it? Clear Page. Clear Page. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> took me a minute. We've just been out, we've been out on our bike ride this morning and we're a little tired. So I got uh, like a hundred flat tires. I wasn't yeah. happy. Uh, so well done to all you guys, and um, hopefully you support that race again next year. Yeah, and, keep uh, it going. Hopefully it keeps on rolling ahead. So there's not a lot happening in races this weekend. We've got a Vineman. Basically 70.3, haven't it? My man, 70.3. And it's got a really good field, isn't it? Mm, very strong field, very strong field. Both on male field. and female side. So it looks like Dave Scott's uh, coming out to race, so yeah. it'll be very interesting to see how he stacks up against uh, some of the boys. But um, so How often does he race in that day? Do we... uh, last time I recall him racing was um, a number of years ago in, in Hawaii, so so I'm not quite sure. So he still looks in fantastic shape, and, uh, and talking to everybody, he still trains quite a bit, so... 
We'll see. I think he'll give them uh, a bit of a hurry up. But, you know, stacked field, Simon Lessing, Chris Liedo, Matt Liedo, Chris Lee, who's won loads of the um, 70.3s, Michael Lovato, mm. list goes on, Courtney Ogden. Uh, I could just keep reeling them off. Yep. Um, and then on the women's side of things, Laurie Bowden. Kate Major. Kate Major, here the fewer. Mm. Wendy Ingram, she's a little bit past it now, but, you know, very, very strong swimmer. So, Bevan's uh, going to put me on the spot here, and he's done hey, some picks. I did the picks on the male side of things. Preparation thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to take him on. I said I'd do the picks on the spot because I've seen his picks. <laughs> so I'm pretty confident I can take him on this one. I'm taking Christopher Lee for number one. Who are you going to go for number one? I'm going to go with uh, Lessing. Ooh, Simon Lessing. He's, he's passed it, mate. <laughs> old school. <laughs> I'm going to go Tim Deboo, which is a little bit past it, but I figure he'll... No, he doesn't, he doesn't stand a chance. Uh, for second place, I will go for. Just take your time. Chris <laughs> Lieto. Chris Lieto. Okay. And uh, third place, I went for an outsider, Jordan Rapp. And I'll go for Chris Lee. Chris Lee. Okay, nice. Okay, so. so yeah. We didn't actually do our picks last week because we hadn't done our five P's. So <laughs> we're. Uh, yeah, so this week they're there, they're done. So yeah, that should be a really exciting race. We look forward to seeing who comes through in this weekend. And there weren't too many other races. I thought I'd just spread the love a little bit um, over in uh, Scandinavia. I'm not sure if we've got any listeners there. I'm sure we have got oh, thousands. Thousands. Um, whole nation. The, <laughs> the Finnish long distance champs are on this weekend. And uh, and also the Kalmar Triathlon in Sweden, which is uh, their two Ironman distance races, not uh, not official Ironmans. So plenty of good athletes come out of uh, Scandinavia. We've obviously got all our, our fellows that come along to Epic Camps, you know, Klaus and Jonas Colting and Bjorn Andersson and, uh, you know, some good athletes come out of there. And obviously from uh, Finland, people like Pauli Kuru. Um, so for, for countries that, you know, perhaps aren't the most attractive in terms of uh, weather conditions to train, they, they pull out some really good athletes. Mm, mm, all right, yeah. Nice. So uh, what else do we have? There's old... Yeah, pronounce his name. You know... Stop it! Stop there! Stop it! So Jürgen, Jürgen Zach's retiring. Jürgen. So Jürgen is is a bit of a hammerhead on the bike. Fantastic career. He had, I think, it may be the second fastest time of all time. Yeah, 7.51. 7.51.42 when he had a fantastic battle with Luke Van Leerd. Now Jürgen was was often often criticised because he's an absolute hammer on the bike, not such a strong swimmer, and then um, typically did fade a little bit on the run, but still had some fantastic finishes. Um, but he really was a very very good athlete, and he's been around since you know the early nineties, um, and and he had some great races in Hawaii. Just had the bike course for a number of years, and really took it to the guys. So um, we sadly missed. It's, it's a question, you know, like for the guys like him, and uh, you know the guys who are the ultra strong cyclists. You know, they get criticised for not being a good runner, but, you know, how, how do you overcome that? Do you just give up a bit of cycling to compromise your running, or well, do you just play that game? I think hope? I think the thing was, he wasn't that bad a runner, but he was always off the front, so he got a lot of coverage. But yeah. he, he often ran, you know, around about three hours in yeah. Hawaii, but you know, Scott, um, Mark people like Mark Allen running 245s, yeah. um, they just look like he's not even he's moving. Not yeah. even moving. Yeah. So um, the thing was, he was a good runner. I mean, he won Zoffingen, which is uh, the, was used to be a really big money race, a long distance du- duathlon. So he didn't even have a swim there. Yep. Um, so he, he was a fantastic athlete. He was uh, well known for for being a bit of a party animal. He spent a lot of time in Thailand, <laughs> and, <laughs> living uh, a bit loco, eh? Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's he's uh, been a fantastic athlete. So um, had a long career too. You know, he's, he's very forty long. now. So yeah, yeah um, good athlete. So. 
well done to your career, Jurgen. I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, um, so so happy happy times in retirement. Yeah, bring it on. Also, they had an article on uh, on X-Try actually about Tunzo Bazzoni. And uh, he was just talking about the life fitness race and talking about officials. And it's quite a good article. And it's saying how he was annoyed. And and he was just really expressing this view that it seems it's a bit frustrating that you aren't allowed to appeal because he felt he was hard done by and it pretty much mm. ruined his race. And, uh, and he felt the frustration that in that situation, especially as a pro where it's your income, when you felt it's unfair, you're not even allowed to appeal. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think the thing with um, drafting calls, which is I think what he got pulled for. Yeah, it was. I mean, if you if you go to appeal it, what do you say? I wasn't drafting. Yeah. It's very much a thing on the spot, and uh, and you just I think we've really just got to put faith in the officials that, that they're doing a good job, and um, and you know hopefully they're being pretty stringent on the drafting and, and treating it fairly. So yeah. I think you'll be pretty smart too when you're racing. Like to be honest, we all uh, we all kind of push the limits, and exactly. there's times when you are drafting just because you're passing people and stuff like that, and. I feel you need to be aware of the surroundings, know where your marshals are, but at the same time, don't focus on that too much. Because I think I know one of my races that I was always, I was kind of in the line, and so I was always aware that I could be caught drafting. I wasn't on someone's wheel; I was definitely close to the mark, and I felt myself always looking behind and you know focusing more on what was happening with the marshals in my race. And then I decided, bugger this, I'm going to try to take off from the pack. And I ended up having a much better ride because I left them behind, and you know, and was yeah. just able to focus on riding. But it, if I think one of the key things as well is that uh, if something bad like that happens, it is a bit of a drama in, in, in short course racing. But if you get pinged for something or you get puncture, yeah. just you know, deal with it. You mm. know, um, just got to put it out of your mind and carry on. Mm. And then I mean, for most of us out there, four minutes isn't going to kill your day. Exactly. You know, unless you're going for a slot and you miss out by three fifty. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that's our news for this week. Age Grouper of the Week. Beautiful, mate. We're bringing back the music features. We're, we're on the ride this morning. We did a big ride, and, uh, you know, we were having a bit of a hard session. John and I were just kind of sitting down, just riding without talking. Out of nowhere, John turns around and goes, we need to bring the music back. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a bit of excitement back uh, in there. But you love it, don't you? We know you, love, we know you uh, love our accents and our, oh, the music. And our crazy humour. crazy humour. <laughs> but we thought we'd bring back the bit of the music. So, um, yeah, Age Grouper of the Week. Now, we had a couple, actually, because... Doubling up again. Doubling up again. He just can't, can't get one. But what's happening to And me? now he's lost it. He's <laughs> lost it. I know who it is, but Francine, Francine Burgess, um, in there was the American race, wasn't it? It was Lake Placid. Now, I'm giving her age gripper of the week. Eventually, she ended up doing like 16 hours and ended up finishing the race. But I'm giving her age gripper of the week because the, the lady did eight and a half hours on the bike, which to me, you're a bloody legend if you can do that. It's a sore bottom. Yeah. yeah a sore bottom at the end of oh. eight and a half hours riding. It's much easier being fast. <laughs> Eight and a half hours, get off the bike and do a marathon. So, so Francine, you're a bloody legend. And at the same time, we're actually gonna, um, one of our favourite email and question people is Matthew Chappelle, who done his first Iron Man of the Arc, and we've actually lost the information on that. And I think he did around 15 uh, hours, 14 no, no, hours? No, 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 about 13 and a half. 13 and a half. So well, it looked like he had a well-paced race. Um, yeah, quite long on the bike, but it uh, looked like he had a really good run. Yeah, so... so. Well done, Matthew. Hope all our advice has helped and uh, you're recovering nicely. You're an Aaron Ironman, so you've yeah. joined a gang. Oh, mate. Oh. You're an Ironman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always say my name wrong. It breaks yeah. my heart. They go, Bevan Izzles. <laughs> you're an Ironman. You're an Ironman. Okay, so uh, those are our age groupers of the week. Well done, guys. Um, do you want any music for this one? I think so. Okay, wait a second, guys. Back it up.
website of the week. week. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, website of the week. We've actually got two websites of the week this week because, again, you guys are sending in so many great websites that we're going to have to double up on a few. And the first one is called trygearreview.com. Now, we got sent through this one by email a few weeks ago. And it's a really, really good website. Basically, it's someone, I'm not sure who does it, but they've, um, they have basically all tri-gear and you, they have reviews on all the information on bikes, helmets, aero bars and all that stuff. And they're quite detailed. So let's go here and have a bit of a look at one. This is my first, first viewing of it. Yeah, okay. So okay, pick, you picked a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> back it up, back it up. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that was a bad one. Uh, <laughs> but they've got bikes, running shoes, look like almost like a little swimming pool down so, there. So yeah, they're showing quite a bit of detail, aren't they? Quite a bit of detail, sort of tells you the sort of the price range. Yeah, and they give ratings on overall ratings. things. Four and a half stars for that, that bike there, very yeah. nice. And it's a Cervelo Duo. Cervelo Jewel. Yep. And so, yeah, so it's a really good site. If you guys are thinking about buying some gear, now I'm not sure if it's done by people who the users actually doing the reviews or if they've got like an editing team that actually create, you know, does reviews. Not sure if that's the way, but either or, it's a really good way just to get a bit of insight before you go spend some money, especially on things like bike where, yeah. you know, it's a lot of money spending, you know, buying your bike and you want to kind of get it right. And so, and this is really specific for triathletes. So it's a great website. So we'll have that on the show notes at www.ironmantalk.com and it's uh, trygearreview.com. So, and we're also going to be doing some review reviews as well. So if mm. anybody is out there and they want uh, their, their product reviewed, mm. with, feel free to send it to us. We have got something to review in the next uh, week or two. So we'll get onto that. But if you do want to send us anything whatsoever for us to review, we will do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, bring it on. Second website of the week is um, janesappeal.com. Now, Jane's Appeal, this lady has terminal cancer, and uh, basically she's trying to raise uh, money for charity, and she's going to cycle all the way across America. Now, she's the first person ever with terminal cancer to do this. It's a long way. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> way, and it's a pretty impressive thing to be taking when you're, you know, terminal cancer in itself is a really stressful mm. thing to have to overcome and, you know, be confronted with at least. And so for her to be in this position to think, bugger this, I'm going to turn this around and make it into a positive experience is pretty amazing, I think. And so if you guys want to check that out, you can go and support her there by, you know, obviously helping donate some money. And uh, and I think one thing as well is just tell other people about it. The more eyes that see the website, the more chance she has of making money for it. She has a ride diary on there, just writing about experience. She, she, is she riding now, is she? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. she's doing it right she's now. She's on her way. Yep, so she's been, yep, there you go. She's got week by week. Week by week. And she's created a bit of a blog a on near, there. Near-death experience. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Going over Monarch Pass. So... So yeah, go check it out, and then, you know, feel free to add some money to her contributor, you know, to what she's doing. It's um, again, it's a pretty good website. So, JanesAppeal.com, and uh, those are our websites of the week. Very good. Okay, Coach's Corner. I don't think we need music because oh, you're just so good at it, mate. Oh, right. No, no music. Oh, okay. The foot has gone down. The foot's gone down. Okay, <laughs> wait a second. Here we go. Coach's Corner. I like quite like that music. Yeah, it's, it's very good. You read it yourself, didn't you? I did. <laughs> so um, today on Coach's Corner, we're going to go over a question uh, and just a few tips I've got. I'll just read out the question somebody emailed in. Uh, it says, if you guys would have the chance, I'd love to hear your views on training for Ironman with a time-constrained athlete. I typically work from 9 to 6.30 to 6.30ish and regularly have extended periods where I won't leave work till 10 p.m. or later. Glad I haven't got your job. Yeah, lifestyle worry, man. <laughs> Obviously, this means I need to ensure I'm doing my key sessions and recovering properly from them, but I think it'll be an interesting topic. 
uh, especially as he has friends in a similar sort of situation. One of the things um, he outlines, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I've uh, deleted the name down, so I do apologise about that. Um, but he's just sort of talking that he, he tries to do his key sessions, and I think that's the main thing: is uh, you've got to prioritise your sessions. So, but starting from the top, what I've got down here is um, I think the first thing you've really got to do is try and set yourself up so you can maximise the amount of time you're training, so you minimise downtime. So a few tips for that is uh, food-wise, a lot of time people spend an awful lot of time preparing food. So if you can set yourself up, you know, um, have salads sitting in the fridge, have um, fruit salads, pasta salads, whatever. So you're not sitting there every night, you know, cooking for an hour when you could be out training. Yeah, and maybe do a big day Sunday. Exactly. Where you, you actually, you know, maybe cook all your meals for the week then. Yep, you know. freeze them up. I know that's one thing we, I used to do is um, make a big pasta sauce. So I'd have that set up for, for a few days in one week, put it in the freezer and then pull it out as you need it. So yep. just trying to make the most use of your time as you can. Um Second thing you do in terms of uh, sort of maximizing your time is try to do as many of your training sessions from your doorstep. So either from work or from from home, you know, it's a waste of time getting in your car and driving for 30 minutes with your bike and then getting on your bike. That's, you know, potentially 30 minutes you could have had training. So unless you obviously live in a big city and it's just too dangerous to get on your bike, try to do as much training as you can from your doorstep. I think with that one, is if, if you have to go somewhere, there's another obstacle as well. Exactly. So when you get home from work, at, you know, you've done a 12-hour day, and you've got to come home, and then you've got to drive somewhere, you know, whereas you get home, your bike's set up, and it's... Yeah. Ready to roll. Yeah. Um, another one that I especially like is give yourself pretty strict times for when you're going to start your training. So especially at weekends and uh, early in the mornings, don't just say, oh, I'm going to ride for an hour and a half. If you're just sort of writing your own program right, I'm going to start riding at 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Uh, and that way, just you stop procrastinating, stop sitting in front of the computer, you know, doing a few last emails and all of a sudden, you know, you're supposed to leave at 6 and now it's 6.20, yeah. so you just not lost out 20 minutes of your training time. So, so just try to be as organized as possible. Uh, I think one of the things you need to look out for is that you're ensuring that you're getting enough sleep and recovery. Um, I think that's a trap that people who work long hours fall into. They think they can do all this training plus all their work and they just sort of start to snowball effect. So so do ensure that you're getting that uh Getting that, getting on top of that. If you if you sort of start to get run down, then it's, again, it's it's not good. Uh, and just try and be as consistent as you possibly can, and try to minimise those zero days. Really important that um, just to have do something. Do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty minute run is, is fantastic. You know, just try to be as consistent as you possibly can. Oh, I think with that one as well is it's really identifying when you're starting to fall back. Mm. Um, I know for myself, and I'm sure you're the same that. You start to feel when you're actually falling behind the eight ball. Yeah. And a really good thing to do on those days is have a light day and, and like go to bed earlier or get a 20 minute sleep. And, and those type of things really get you back in front of the eight ball. And whereas if you keep trying to, you know, you're obviously a busy man. If you keep trying to go through that, just keep on living this life day in, day out, you're going to crash eventually. And then what happens is most people are having like a week off. And, yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. So weeks off are not good. No. Um, when you just set yourself up with your program, that's something that is really realistic um, and you think's pretty feasible, maybe a little bit below what you'd, you'd like to be doing. Uh, an experience, you'll, you'll feel a lot better if you're hitting your targets um, regularly rather than if you set a really challenging program that you're only probably going to do, you know, maybe five times out of ten. You'll always be thinking, oh, bugger, I, I couldn't do it this week. So try to set something that is really realistic. If it turns out that you've got more time, you know, maybe do a little bit extra. Um, but but try to set something that you can hit every week. Sure, target with the goal as well. 
you know, like obviously for someone who can only train maybe 12 hours a week, they're not going to be doing a blooming nine hour Ironman, are they? No. So it's, well, um, you never know. Well, well, true, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. unless they've got a major background, you know, for, for the general population, yeah. um, set the goal that's realistic to the you know, exactly. time you can put into it. Exactly. Um, yeah. You don't want to get too carried away. Yep. Um, right. Onto my few little training tips. Um, you, you, you nailed it. You nailed it first time. Is uh, focus on those key sessions. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a no-brainer that you know the key sessions are your long bike, your long run, and and doing a brick session. So focus on those three and try to build it. Build as many short sessions around that as you can. I'm hoping you're a good swimmer, so you don't have to focus too much on your swimming. Um, that's, swimming. that's just one advantage um, you know, swimmers have. They can get away with doing a minimal amount of that. But yeah, really focus on those key sessions. Aim for consistency and session frequency. So try to get out for lunchtime sessions, like I was saying. you know, Most people have um, anywhere between 30 and 90 minutes for lunch. So if you can get out for, you know, 30, 40 minute runs up to an hour sessions, fantastic time to squeeze in some uh, short swims or short runs. You can sneak in 15 minutes at work, they won't know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, your periodization may change a little bit if you're really struggling and, and say, for example, you can only fit in, you know, 8 to 10 hours training a week. Uh, as long as you're not getting too fatigued, I think you don't need to emphasize those easy weeks quite as much. You can probably be a bit more consistent uh, and you don't need to perhaps come down quite so much. I mean, that's one thing I really focus on with the athletes I work with is making sure that that easy week is really easy. But if you do have uh, very, very long hours at work, I think you can probably get away with being not quite so easy. Do you do... Um, on a, no, you go on. Go on carry on. Yep. Um, and this is sort of a bit of a last last one is um is have a bit of a think about how important triathlon is to you and i think if it is really important to you you probably will be able to find a way where you can find some more time um, i mean i've heard of loads of people have gone to their bosses and really explained the situation yeah. and uh and they've managed to find a little bit of extra time if you can get one morning a week where perhaps you can turn up a little bit late to work um, and get a slightly longer session and maybe a long run if you can do that once a week plus two good training days at the weekend that's going to set you up really nicely um and so i think if you want it bad enough i think you you can find the time and i think that really is you know like my partner i've mentioned before is quite a good cyclist and she works a normal job and works quite a few hours and she's gone to her boss and she, you know she was finding it hard with you know with cycling our relationship and work to fit it all in together and so she went to work and she said to her boss look i she started at eight i really want to start like nine thirty, and i'll work a little bit later at night but that way i can get my cycling in in the morning, work, come home and have energy, you know, for our relationship. And it's been really good for her because now there's no pressure and she doesn't feel like, oh, I've got to get this done, that done, that done. And so I think sometimes we're afraid to ask. Yeah, totally. You know, and so we don't ask and then we get burnt down and then we end up cracking and everything falls by the wayside. And so you need to really ask those questions and, you know, say, well, you know, maybe I can come to work a little bit later. Yeah. And my question I have for you, John, is, is there a... Oh, oh this is sounding very deep. Is, it, is there a minimal... Amount of hours, you know. I think there's um there's key sessions that you've got to have some minimum key sessions. So as you're looking at say say for example you're doing a build up to Ironman, I think you've got to sit down and map out. You know, say the minimum is you've probably got to ride 180k say three times. Yep. Um, in the build up, you've probably got to have a couple of three hour runs, and you've got to ensure that you've got um a number of. Uh, say half Ironman simulations in there or half Ironmans. So there's probably about, I'd say, 10 to 15 sort of key sessions that you, have to that have. you need to have under your belt. Yep. Um, obviously, the more training you can do, the better. Um, but I think that's when you're really planning your season is put those in, lay out, say, three half Ironman simulations, 
say three rides where you're going to ride 180 to 200 kilometers uh, and probably have a couple of 4k swims and a few 3k swims you've got to spread them out through your build up uh, and then just build everything else around that I think you just got to try and get a bit of inventive with your training as well I know like, for example one thing I did a couple of weeks ago was uh, my wife and I and her parents were going out for lunch in a place called Akara which is 90 k's away and so I just jumped on my bike and biked over yep. there and said I'll meet you there for lunch yep. and so trying to do things like that where you can keep everybody happy and you can still squeeze in your training um, commuting to work you know if you if it takes you um, 30 minutes to bike into work, that's just extra mileage you can do rather than sitting in your car for 20 minutes. Yeah. Jog, to, run to your pool, things like that, and just yeah. trying to add in little bits and pieces everywhere, and that'll help to your overall fitness. Uh, a good coach's corner we can maybe do in the next couple of weeks is um, things to think of before even deciding to do an Ironman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah too. And I know um, another coach, a guy called Brendan Downey, has come up with a really good thing, and and, and that... Uh, the financial side of things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because it's a big commitment. What you've got to outlay, you know, if you're looking at doing Ironman in one year, he's actually done a bit of a budget saying this is what it's going to cost. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people are quite surprised by that. It's not it's not a cheap thing to do. No, and it's always more than you think. Yeah. Uh, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> cheap ass. Cheap ass. Okay, questions and, and answers. answers. Here you go. Um, we've got lots of questions and answers this week, and we're just going to fly through them. Um, we've got a great one from a guy called Ross, and I think Ross is in Australia. And uh, he's just recently picked up our shows and he's loving them, which we love the fact that he's loving them. Um, he was saying one thing he said, which I think is kind of cool because he's listening to the earlier shows where we were kind of going on about the lottery slots. Yeah. And he was saying that the lady who owned Iron Man, now where is it? Um, Valerie Silk. Valerie Silk. When she sold it, she actually said that you have to have places for the regular Joe. Yeah. Which is, yeah, so that's why they actually initially started. Um, and he's saying, I thought at the time that it was 5%, but it seems to have crept up to 10%. So yeah. the 5%, if for those of you who haven't maybe listened to the earlier shows, you should be listening to them after the show, obviously. <laughs> um, no, you, you know, we John and I had an issue with the amount of slots that are given away to people who never, like don't even done an Iron Man before. And so um, that was one of the things she's done. But another thing that uh, Ross actually said, he was talking about we in one of the earlier shows mm-hmm. we asked if anyone had a copy of the Iron Man 1989 finish with the great legendary race between Dave Scott and Mark Allen yeah. now he has a copy of it and he's going to send it through to us fantastic so I'm thinking what I might try to do is actually put it on YouTube which is um, for those of you who don't know is basically a place where you can view video footage now I'm not sure if legally I'm allowed to do it so I need to be careful of what I'm doing <laughs> so I'll have a look into that but so you're not really going to do it no it'll be someone named Bevan James Johns. <laughs> um, so, um, and that way we can all actually get access to it and really watch that legendary race. Now, um, thanks so much for that, Ross. Last, yeah, last thing. I yeah. just asked a couple of questions. Any chance of uh, John Hellman's interview at some time? And uh, I've spoken with John and we'll get him on some stage in the next month or so. Um, um, for those, you want to give a bit of background on John Hellman's? John's uh, probably the foremost New Zealand triathlon coach, coach Aaron Baker been a fantastic athlete himself uh he's won world age group champs more times than i can remember also yep. being a top elite finished in the top 10 in the world champs uh so very very strong athlete one uh, of the real thinkers of the sport isn't he oh uh, yeah pioneer he pioneers so many different things mm, uh, so mm. he was my coach for a long time so we're going to have a chat with him and you asked another question ross um where can you source a copy of john's book the misery of staying upright which was a sort of a a 
John's sort of diary of when he did the length of New Zealand race where they yeah. raced from one end to the other. Which um, was an amazing race for those who don't know. It went for 30 days and they went from the bottom of the South Island to, to the top, top of the North Island. And they didn't take the easy route. No. Um, but I know I asked John about this quite some time ago and uh, they only did a certain number of copies and they all sold out. So I don't think there's going to be any more copies of that lying around. Mm. So sorry about that. Yeah, it's a bit of a bugger. Uh, second up, we got one from Dan, and he was just asking, I love the show again, Daniel, or Daniel from uh, College Station in the USA, Texas. Texas. Um, and uh, he was asking, as he'd like to hear what the main differences between Ironman training and half 70.3 training is. Yeah, I think um, half Ironman training is, is much more similar to Olympic distance training. Yep. Um, you know, you, you need to do a reasonable amount of intensity, intensity there. Yeah. And I think as you can sort of see with the results from a 70.3, a lot of the Olympic distance guys are, are doing really well. Um, so I think the crossover between those two is uh, a lot more applicable. I think going on to Ironman, uh, it's basically just a volume thing. You know, you've got to get out there and you've got to do those six to seven hour rides. I think that would be the key thing. Um, and just trying to get your ride volume up as much as possible and also really start to push out those long runs and the long bricks. So those those key sessions I talked about again. But yeah, the main difference is volume. Uh, with Ironman training, intensity, uh, unless you're sort of a top age group or a top um, a top pro, intensity isn't you know, vitally important. Uh, it's just a matter of trying to get in as much volume and, and aiming for sort of superior fitness rather than superior speed. With that... Um we tend to find that when the uh, Olympic guys race against the Ironman guys in a 70.3, it's normally the Olympic guys who come through, isn't it? Quite often, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we've really found this year especially. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think there's quite a big crossover. You can you can still get by by hammering for four hours, but yeah. I think once you start to get over that, um, you've really got to have some really Quite solid wise. base on yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a question here from... Uh, I don't think I've got their name here, so sorry about that. But Oh, no, it was Matthew. Oh, Matthew. Matthew. We're going to skip that one. Oh, we're going to skip it. Okay. No, we're not. We're going to quickly just go. We're going to get, get an expert in on it. Matthew was just basically asking about power options when he's training. And so we're actually going to get a power expert in. So yeah. um, we, we'll just leave that one for now. So Matthew, we'll get onto that one later on. I'm happy to give a few pointers, but I want to get a real expert in. So we're going to source the world for somebody who source can tell us everything world. in the world about power. And well done again, Matthew, on the weekend. Well done, mate. Good work. Um, next up, the cramping one. Cramping. So... I know it's from Rob. Um, yep. he, he was asking about, he's had some problems with cramping. So Rob, if you listen back uh, a number of episodes ago, you're going to have to scan through them all. Or Bevan might be so good to try and figure out where it is. Uh, it was around <laughs> between 1 and 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did have a sort of a bit of a question on um, cramping in the past. and We did, we did a high five on some tips there. Uh, so you've mentioned, you've asked about uh, taking salt tablets, electrolyte supplements, all those sorts of things are good. Um but you need to make sure you practice them a number of times. Uh, quinine sulfate? Quinine is good. Yep, it's a bit of a lifesaver for some people, so that's worth a try as well. Um, I wouldn't trust the drinks that they hand out. Try to find a way that you like, even like electrolyte tablets. Mm -hmm. I know my first race, they handed out drinks that were well watered down, and I was very frustrated by that when I started cramping like crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with, with salt, you can take up to sort of one gram per hour. Um, so that's worth looking into, but you really need to, to trial that a number of times. You definitely don't want to be just going in there. And uh, yeah, a lot of the electrolyte tablets out there are good as well. Mm. And it's a good way of just guaranteeing you know you're getting it in, whereas if mm. you just, because it's near on impossible to carry all your fluid with you. So um, I really like the tablets because I know that I'm getting so much electrolyte into my system. Bevan certainly wasn't carrying too many fluids today. He goes out with a one drink, <laughs> one drink bottle for four hour ride. So he goes, do you want some coke? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here for that. Um, 
Okay, Rob. Um, that was, that's it, Rob. Oh, just, uh, just a quick up for Kat. She was just saying how she lost her mind and that uh, she was looking for the wrong update. Just hi, Kat. How you go? And uh, can see you still listen to the show. Uh, next up, what do we got here? Uh, oh, that was just about the website of the week. That's okay. Um, we've got... I thought you'd be a teacher and make sure page. Oh, okay, I just want to say thanks to Dead Des Atkinson who uh, just gave us some feedback on the website. Uh, just that, that when you're using IE, which I think is a terrible browser, but that's okay. You guys should be on Firefox if you're not. Um, Click on the Firefox logo on our site. Oh, we don't have any more. Oh, I got rid of it. Why'd you get rid of it? Because oh, it didn't make as much money. <laughs> 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 but um, he gave us some feedback on the site just saying how when you use IE, it doesn't really work that well. And so... One thing is, is that I'm, we're trying to develop the site and actually create, change it. We kind of tried to make it ad-focused, focused on trying to make us money, which has kind of worked, but we kind of thought we'd want to focus more on a community-based website that you'd want to go back to off to and feel like you can contribute to. So um, that's probably a month down the road. And so for now, the website's going to pretty much stay how it is, but um, look out for a month down the road because we're really going to you know, make some big changes. Bevan's going to make some big changes. I'll, I'll be sitting at home training and coaching. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be on the bloody nerds. <laughs> um, and we've already had that one. We've already had that one, so we've, we've done the questions. We've done the questions, so we just had to scan through them. We did have quite a few. So, uh, but keep them coming. Um, it keeps us on our toes with the yeah. questions. And uh, So basically from here on, we're going to basically have Olaf uh, doing the interview. We're going to do, we're actually in New Zealand right now where it's like three in the afternoon. We're going to come back. John's come back to my house tonight. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Party in, the, party in the studio. Party in the studios. And... Uh, we're going to get Olaf coming along. So, um, bit of background on Olaf. Yeah, outstanding athlete. He's had a number of top 10 finishes in uh, Hawaii. One Ironman Brazil, finished on the podium at various other Ironmans. Been around since, uh, I was looking at his results, probably about 93. I think he had a top 10 in Hawaii there. So, he's been around for quite some time. Mm. So, he's probably got a lot of respect from the athletes and probably gives him a bit of a foot in the door with, with organisers and with the people that matter. So, uh, I'm looking forward to interviewing him later on. Yeah. And uh, and he's really just trying to work on the rights for for you know the professional athletes. Seems to be the right man for the job too because it's actually things are happening. Yeah, you know, often so. these things start and they're you know three weeks later no one can be bothered doing any of the work. And uh, you know he's he, but he had the meeting last weekend, didn't he? He did. So we're going to talk to him about a few different things. So so listen up. Yeah, listen up. So what are you going for us today, mate? Uh, come back here. Know. Come back here for a bit more loving. <laughs> No, just a bit of work. We've done our training. We've done our three-hour forty-five ride and a twenty-five minute run off the bike for some of us. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I ate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it should be an, it's a lovely day out there. Beautiful sunny day in Christchurch. Everybody should move here. Yep, you should. It's the best training place what about in the world. You? Um, I'm gonna have a sleep and then go for a swim. And then we're going to do the interview and then spend some time with my lovely partner. After all that yeah, after relationship that. 101 <laughs> advice last week we gave each other. Time every, for the partner. Everything's back on track this week and we're all nice and smooth. We've got our training done. Oh, beautiful. Hey, um, so you guys get any questions or inquiries, feel free to email us at ironmantalk at gmail.com. Check out the show notes on www.ironmantalk.com. Um, good luck for everyone who may be racing out there this weekend and all the different races out there around the world. If you want to check out John's website, it is triathloncoach.net uh, for some coaching advice and uh, some, some articles on there as well. And other than that, you guys get out there and train well. And uh, here we have Olaf. See you later, guys. Okay, so we've got Al- Olaf on the line now. Um, Olaf, can you just correct me? We're, we're terrible with our pronunciations. H- how do you correctly pronounce your surname? My surname? Uh, you mean you mean the? Um... Uh, not the given name. That's the other one. Huh? Your, your okay. last name. That's uh, 
Zabachus or whatever you like. I mean, I, I'm used to hear it in uh, different ways. Because <laughs> when I travel, it's like, ah, uh, and, and how can I pronounce it? So if you say Zabachus, maybe that's more like the... We'll never get it wrong uh, That's fine. That's, okay, that's pretty close to the German, right? <laughs> that's good. Okay, okay, okay. So we've got Olaf Zabustus on the line here, um, all the way from Germany. Now, Olaf is in charge, as we've said before, of the Triathlon Professionals uh, Organization. Uh, he's really set it up uh, earlier this year, so we wanted to find out sort of what's behind it um, and where he's really hoping to take it to. So um, what sort of uh, got you thinking into setting up this organization, Olaf? Well, um, I think it's just been overdue to have some kind of voice for the for the athletes because um, we have we have not um, uh, well been able to negotiate about for example the rules in our sport and stuff like that uh, because we have only been been single athletes um, talking with organizers and federations and stuff and um, I think that the real uh, reason why um, we set up the whole thing um, in the in the close past was um, that there was again a rule change in Kona um, for the draft box and um, I mean many many of us pro athletes were there at the at the technical pro meeting and um, I think it was just the very wrong time to change the rules just two days before the race and everything and so we were really upset, but of course we were not organized, and um, as we were not, we didn't have a real voice and real influence, and um, of course we can't blame it on um, on the WTC because they didn't know yeah. um, that the athlete what the athletes would like. So in the end, following up all this, um, I figured that most athletes would be too busy with their own training and uh, whatever they do in their every, every day um, life um, and as I'm as I'm one of the uh, idealists who really like the 10 meters on the on the long distance events um, for a fairer race I was like okay come on let's um, let's start something and the easiest way um, and the most time efficient is probably via a website and um, a voting tool so we can uh, find out very quickly what our majority's opinion is. It's also democratic, so it's not about, um, like, say, the winner or whatever of any race to um, to decide on rules. But it's just um, to be able to tell federations and organizers whatever our majority's opinion is, and it's quite new. And I think it's a it's a good idea to talk with them about um, yeah our desires, our wishes, and it can only make the sport better in the end. Did, um, did, why, why did you put your hand up? Why did you become the representative yourself, you know, for your own reasons? Um, uh, Han, I didn't, I didn't really understand the, the um, question. Why, why did you want to do this yourself? Ah, okay, why I was motivated to yeah, do it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah, I, I talked a little bit about it before. I think that it's really... Um, tough to survive as a pro athlete if you're not top three in Kona every year and um, of course many people have uh, side jobs I'm I'm the same I don't really live from the sport um, it's it's a little bit contributing but uh, it's not much what I earn 
from triathlon. So, um, with this in mind, it's uh, it's like most athletes would not be able to spend a lot of time on uh, being being a speaker or a representative or whatever for us. So um, I was like, hey, you know what? I think I'm gonna try um, because uh, I want something to happen. I'm I'm really I was really uh, upset about uh, the way and um, the shortening of the draft box in general mm. and the way that that it was uh, pronounced so yeah i mean that was that was the motivation i just wanted something to happen and i knew that most people or most most athletes would not be motivated or mm. uh, able to do something yeah, and uh, of course it was a lot of work and i didn't expect it to be that much work but <laughs> well hey something had to happen that was my my motivation how how is how much support have you had from the the other pro athletes so far? Well, um, of course, it's a very new idea, and uh, many athletes are very uh, uh, what's the English word? It's not slack, but um, yeah, yeah, no, that's they a don't, good word. Yeah, <laughs> busy. Yeah, is it okay? I mean, yeah. they're busy and they they don't read their emails or um, yeah. respond a lot. There's there's maybe like um, a third of the athletes right now it's 120 registered um, for the organization which really uh, give their input their ideas and they help and um, the others they are happy I mean I get I get maybe two emails a year from some of the athletes and they're yeah. really happy that I do something and yeah come on go on and it's it's what we need and what we want but um, of course we're busy and we cannot help a lot yeah. some they want to help and the problem is mm, with this website approach, uh, you cannot really help a lot, but you need to to give your input to the speaker, or you need if there's a voting going on, you need to vote. Yeah. And um, I mean that's the only thing that I request, and that's the idea. So the athletes would not have to spend a lot of time um, to to contribute to the success of the organization. I think the um, the two two key issues you've been trying to work on to begin with has been obviously the drafting box and also doping. H how has progress been so far? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think um, we have quite some progress right now because um, WTC has um, has been meeting with me uh, on last uh, Saturday because Ben Furtick, the president, was um, at Ironman Germany anyway. And uh, I think it was quite a, a good talk, about one and a half hours long. And uh, of course, we have some some different opinions on uh, <laughs> on some of the um, rules and whatever is going on in the sport. But I mean, that's that's naturally, and uh, that's why we why we started to uh, to talk. And of course, there are also things which I really appreciate, because uh, for example, when Ben Fertig is, of course, it's a business, so doesn't like to um, have a scandal like in the tour yeah, yeah. Um, which just recently happened and everything so it's, he's he's really um, very much interested in, in a clean sport which is also very good for the athletes so um, I hope that we can we can work on some things together and uh, for those things that the athletes are of a different opinion than WTC I hope that we can find good compromises and yeah. uh, well, it's just started, so uh, we'll see what the future will bring. But um, one thing that 
that I really appreciated was was that he, of course, he's not able to um, like law-wise, he's not allowed to um, give me email addresses of more pros because, of course, I don't have all the pros racing all over the globe, but it's the majority I think yeah. I have right now, so it, it's quite good. Um, but he was he was kind of helpful and um, and agreed on some things, and so I think it's on a good way. All the at this early stage with um, with your kind of relationship with them, well, how do you think their view towards what you're doing is? Well, um, honestly, I was I was a little upset because um, which which uh, kind of settled uh, in the meeting with with Ben on Saturday because I had the impression that they really didn't notice how many athletes um, there were in this organization and that we really wanted to talk and to something to happen and that it is a really big issue and for most of us pros the mythos of the Ironman is really dependent on uh, doing the job alone and with mm -hmm. seven meters it's really hard to control um, so people might go at say five meters and, and no marshal is really able to control this and then it's really like draft legal mm -hmm. so uh, most of us don't want this and I had the impression that they they didn't really see that it was so important for us and uh, everything and they didn't respond a lot and if they responded it was very very short and so um, I think the the very start was not so good but now the meeting was pretty lengthy and everything so I have the impression that um, they see hey okay there's there's something going on and everything and I can understand I mean probably they won't change the rules for this year but I hope that if we can find something that suits marshals for a convenient control mechanism, organizers and athletes as well with their wish to go for a longer draft box that we can hopefully um, succeed in finding a good compromise in the future. Do you and, find um, that? Um, I think it's going to. I find it quite surprising. You know, they they change these rules when you have people like you know Greg Welsh and Jimmy Riccatello and you know former athletes as their advisors, yet they still seem to come up with these. Uh, quite strange decisions. Yeah. Is, that, is that your impression right. as well? Yeah, it is, of course. And that's why, that's oh, maybe that's another good reason uh, for, you know, um, trying to, to get all the pros together and um, try to have an influence on these rule decisions because, um, I mean, Greg Welch, he's not racing anymore. Others are not racing anymore. Um, whose input, um, Ben Ferdigan, the committees maybe got on these mm. on the development of those rules, and um, yeah, so, so I think of course it's 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 not it's not um, what most of the actual racing pros want. I mean, I had the voting process on our we website, and it really said that ninety yeah. percent mm. are for a longer draft box. And yeah, of course, I mean the now in the meeting I got one um, reason. Um, why they well, why they changed, and it he, Ben said that it was really difficult for the marshals to go with two rules, say ten meters for the pros and seven meters for the age groupers, or maybe even less in the future because it's so dense. Yeah. And of course, I can really understand if an organizer says, "Hey, I cannot really, um, you know, separate people on the bike if there are." Uh, 303 minutes out of the water but of course there are compromises and right now I didn't have the impression 
um, that they honestly took uh, my compromise uh, proposals into consideration because we, for example, we could go with a 10 kilometer start and we have 5 meter rule for the first 10 kilometers and from then strictly 10 meters yeah, sure. would may maybe be a good compromise or other ideas or even have the pros start 45 minutes in front of the age groupers yeah. and then we could really go with two rule sets because yeah. then the marshals uh, should be able um, to to stick to the rule sets um, but of course I mean it's a reason for the organizers and um, well it's it's quite a piece of patience and, and of uh, negotiating for the future and I hope we can achieve different rules of course it's not very convenient for organizers but still I think that they should see if the pros want the 10 meters or even more maybe we could try and uh, I don't think it's a real big issue to go with it. Yeah. So on, the, on the drug side of things did you feel what was your view going into that obviously not to have drugs at all um, and they were obviously keen on that? Uh, pardon? That was, that, was, <laughs> that was too much for me. Bevan's got a, a <laughs> Bevan has a crazy accent. <laughs> That obviously no, it's not the accent. It's just that I didn't get. Uh, uh, just on the drug uh, the side words. of things, were they mm -hmm. um, obviously they're keen to get rid of it, and were they talking about the kind yeah. of actions that they are doing to achieve that? Yeah, I mean, um, the the interesting thing is, you know, um, in December we had a meeting with our um, national federation, um, because we had one year of a new um, system of uh, out of competition controls in Germany, and. Um, it has been quite successful um, and at least we had something going on. I mean the athletes pay a little bit but for this they are they have much more um, out of competition controls which is a very very good thing to happen especially um, we had to do this because we had uh, Nina Kraft and we had Katja Schumacher and um, in the world there were happening more uh, positive tests so I think everyone, the athletes and um, the organizations and the National Anti-Doping Agency were uh, quite happy with what was happening but we were sure that mm, we had to work out some um, standardized process for the world um, because if only one country has more out of competition controls of course that's not it's just a drop of water uh, and it's not a lot that's going on so um, and then we got from official side we got some information and it was it was quite wrong but uh, what the heck so um, we wrote we wrote a um, letter to, an open letter to Ben Ferdig which proved uh, which now I know was the wrong address because obviously he he is really pretty much against um, against all the doping that's been going on and he really wants um, to set up standards and to to have controls and everything so you can show hey uh, Ironman is quite a clean sport of course that's much better for the sponsors and everything so he's, he's interested in that and that's something uh, I really appreciate and, and it's a good good thing and as he I think I'm, I'm fairly sure meanwhile that he's the wrong address um, because uh, WTC apparently is uh, meanwhile the only private organization which is um, how do you call that? Recognized by the WADA, the yeah, World yeah. Anti-Doping sure. Agency, and stuff like that. So they really, they're really trying to uh, and willing to to fight doping. Have you been? And, uh, um, you personally, mm -hmm. have you been tested many times? Well, the, that's the uh, the problem I saw in the past. 
um, that there's not a lot of money for the fight against doping, yeah. and I have been not testing. Uh, I've not been testing a lot in Germany and out of competition until we had this new system set up. Yeah. Um, and now it's like three to four times a year out of competition, and maybe once or twice um, within the races, right. which is. I mean, it's a little bit. It's not uh, like every month, and then you can really find everyone. But yeah. it's it's a good start, and it's maybe everything that they can do. And some others have been tested seven times. Some have been tested two times. But at least every one of the German elite uh, races has been tested quite a few times. And oh, I think good. that that yeah. is really a good development. Yeah. And in the past, it's not been a lot. For example, I've been tested, I think, three or four times at the Powerman Sofingen in Switzerland. Yeah. So Switzerland had a good system in competition. And of course, I'm not Swiss, so I was not tested uh, out of competition from yeah. their side. But in Germany, it was, it was not a lot, and but it's figured out. So we we have been tested oh, um, in the past since we have the new system, and it's it's going on. And also, we have, for example, the rule that we have to um, to tell them um, our whereabouts, yeah. um, and if we are 24 hours or longer away from um, where we told them or from home, and they come and we're not there, then we're positive, which is, I mean, it's kind of tough, but yeah. it's the, maybe the, it's okay, because we need to find uh, the sinners and also for the cheaters, and, well, it's, it's a good system, I think. And, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, WTC yeah. Is, is very much interested in setting up something like that for the world, which is a very good thing. Yeah, mm. Mm, definitely. And what's the, the plan for you for the rest of this year? We, we, we've looked at your background, we know you, you're very good performer, you know, top 10s in Hawaii, winning Ironman Brazil. Have you got many uh, strong focuses for the rest of this year? Well, um, honestly, <laughs> maybe I'm too much of an idealist for this world, but um, <laughs> I figured that Kona this year, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, it's going to be a long-lasting job to change the rules there again. So um, I'm, I'm looking for races. I'm not a very fast swimmer. I'm a good biker and runner. Yeah. So I need races with a with the longest draft box I can get. For example, Brazil is at 10 meters, which is good, and yeah. the field is not so dense like it is in Kona. So I decided not to go to Kona, although I took my slot on yeah. first hand after my third place finish in Brazil this year. Yeah. But um, I decided for one race that has always challenged me mentally, but I never I never dared to um, to sign up for it, which is the uh, Embron Man oh, in yeah. France. Oh, and yeah, that that one is supposed to be maybe it's the toughest one on the long course you can do. And I decided to do it. It's on 15th of August this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh -huh. um, supposed to be a very tough race. Drafting is no issue at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, 5,000 meters vertical, I think, on the bike. Yeah. Bike course record six hours, and even the run is quite tough. Yeah. And it's also got some kind of I think it's the French spirit to set up race sites. You swim. And it's dark, and you just follow um, uh, how is that called? These lights. You follow um, the lights, yeah. Lighthouse, yeah. It's like a yeah. Um, fucking, uh, um, well, it's it's really cool, and you swim through some kind of um, uh, what is it? Um, you know, it's a hole in a stone. Well, that's not the real word, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? Mean. It's uh, a cave. Like a it's cave a cave. Yeah. yeah, like okay. a cave. You swim through that, and it's dark, and you just follow some of these lights, and it's really cool. So uh, yeah, I signed up for that one, and right. I'm really looking forward to that. And 
Um, also, um, I want to stick to races with 10 meters yeah. until maybe Ironman North America decides, okay, we can we can go and we can we can handle it martial wise and everything wise uh, with the 10 meters maybe for the pros again because I I just figured you know I need I need to be happy with the with the rule set and everything even though I'm I'm a little bit after the money of course as a as a well performing pro but I still need to have fun and yeah yeah I want to go for those races right now so my plan for this year is to Embron and then see if I am able to race at any <laughs> other race for the year because it's quite I mean it brings your body down and yeah it's maybe for one or two months when you are really not able to perform perform well after that race. Yeah, you have so to come down we'll to New see. Zealand. But that's my yeah. short term goal. You have to come down to New Zealand sometime. Yeah, I'm maybe I can decide for the for the new challenge race in New yes. Zealand. I heard it's a really nice race site and everything, but it's in January. So for me, with a long winter and a, and a tough winter in Germany, hmm, I will see. But there's, there's always hmm. a room at my house. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah, and I was I was thinking, hey, maybe I can I can contact uh, Karen, who is the speaker for New, for New Zealand, uh, Karen Balance, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, she might maybe be able to uh, she, host me or find some host. She lives we'll about. Uh, are you are you close to um to the race side? Uh, we're about five hours from Queenstown. In the car. Sure. Okay. In the car. Karen mm -hmm. lives about fifty meters away from Bevan. Yeah. <laughs> we're neighbors. Okay. <laughs> Fifteen meters. Yeah. Well, I. I might be able to take my trainers to go for that distance. Well, you yeah, could come cool. down for um, <laughs> you come down for Epic Camp. Have you heard of Epic Camp? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not a high volume uh, <laughs> athlete at all because I'm I'm busy with many things. I have two kids and my wife is working part time, so we share that job. And yeah. um, then of course I don't get a lot of prize money because I'm not top three in in Hawaii and. Yeah. So it's quite tough. So so I have side jobs and my training usually in summer I do like 20 hours a week, maybe 25 if it's in in the Ironman preparation phase. Yeah. And uh, in winter it's more like 12 to 15 hours. So it's not a lot. So Epic Camp would bring me down like maybe the same <laughs> way that this Embran race will do. No, but I w I would have to maybe go to New Zealand for at least a decent three weeks training period to prepare for the challenge race. Mm -hmm. But if if I will be able to do that, maybe maybe I can do that race. I'm you know so right now I'm really looking forward for to races and planning on races that stick to the 10 meter rule. Of course, for those pros who not really swim very fast, it's better. And um, yeah, of course it's. I mean, I can race maybe three or four, another three or four uh, years on my level, and then I'm I'm almost 40, and maybe it's gonna be tough to compete at the same level. <laughs> To keep it up, and I'm I'm looking for new race sites. I never I never saw because it it's a lot of fun to travel and see the. Hey, so did you did you go along and watch um did you go along and watch Ironman Germany on the weekend? And if so, what yeah, did I did. Mm -hmm. Did you? What well, do you think? Mm, it it was a weird race outcome in the end because we had quite a few accidents on the bike course due to thunderstorms and lots of rain but at times on the bike course. Um, so Norman Stadler, for example, crashed, crashed um, twice on the bike, and um, he had to walk. But I really appreciate that he changed his mantle and didn't quit. He finished on 11, I think, yeah. in the end, and uh, it was really great because you know he had some 
Something's that made the spectators think, and all the fans in the sport are. Ah, he's he's weak mentally, and it's not a good attitude he has towards the sport. You know, if it's hundred percent and he wins, he goes for it, yeah. and if if he has a tough day, he quits. But he has changed that, and I really I really think that this is a great great development for himself, for his personal character as well. And um, I like that, for example, very much. Uh, although it was surprising that you know he couldn't finish well because he was one of the favorites and he was so far ahead. Uh, mm -hmm. Until he crashed, so I was like, "Ah, oh, Norm's gonna win again, big time." And um, I mean, no surprise that Cam won the race in the end. Timo, Timo Bracht was very in a very good shape. He had a very very good race. A little surprising that he survived so well on the run because that was his weak point. So yeah, mm -hmm. um, up to now, so that was a good thing. And surprising, a little surprising, not too much. If you saw her training, was Andrea Bridis win. Right. I thought she couldn't be that strong on the on the bike because she was very close to um, to Lisbeth Christensen, who is yeah. a very very strong biker. Yeah. Um, so it was surprising her performance on the bike, but overall, I knew she would be good. She's the winner. Okay, that's a little surprising, but it's it's very good, and she's also a very likable person. So I really liked her to win, mm. and um, that was a nice thing. And and the race is very very big. I mean, there's lots of spectators. It's yeah. a little tough logistically wise. For the athletes, because the lake is like 15 kilometers away, and of course, with the traffic and the inner city setup of the run course, it's a little tough to get from from the one place to another. But other than that, it's a really great race, and of course, lots of money involved, so they can make it big. What, what was the money? Um, oh well, it's not the. I think the prize money is hundred thousand dollars, which is twice as much as a regular Ironman race can provide, which is very good. Yeah. For the athletes, but also I think um, you know sponsor-wise and everything, Kodenk yeah. has lots of connections yeah. into politics and and the high finance. So um, yeah, I think it's a very big race and um, lots of media involved. Yeah. yeah, I mean, great spectacle. Well, since <laughs> Cameron won, it got lots of exposure in New Zealand. So. <laughs> it's got. Yeah, it was like. It's got lots of exposure. Yeah, oh, cool. in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Triathlon has all, all triathlon has a lot of exposure in New Zealand, so it's fantastic. Uh -huh. so. Wow! Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's fantastic, and uh, I'm sure our listeners enjoyed finding out the ins and outs of the the professional world. So, mm. thanks very much for your time, and um, keep up the good work. You're obviously doing a great job, and yeah, I'm sure everyone out in Ironman Talk uh, who listens to this podcast really appreciates what you've done and what you're doing moving forward from here. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And hopefully Bevan will be joining the professional ranks yeah. soon. Real so, soon. So he can, he, can, he can add him to your list. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be voting. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, great. Hey, you need a good coach. I'm up for that. <laughs> no. John coaches me. Okay, Okay, great. So, um, yeah, to every every listener, uh, train happy and have a great time. Maybe at the um, Queenstown New Zealand Challenge. Yeah. Um, maybe we're gonna gonna meet up there. Yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, have a good time. Thank cool. you very much. Cool. Righto, guys. So that's the show for this week. Just want to say a big thanks to Olaf for his time and uh, all the great work he's doing out there, and with the other people along with tri at uh, triathlonprofessionals.org. If you want to go check out the website, check it out. And uh, just want to say have a good week and train well. And we'll catch up your same time, same place on Ironman Talk. See you later. Age Grouper of the Week. Oh, wait, 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 w